Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have on, we're always checking your comments on there and love to be able to take the suggestions and then work them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by Johnny Gilbert from Stainless Diesel and also racer Michael Cordova and wanted to chat with them about a turbo, a new turbo setup that is really changing and taking diesel racing and, and power numbers to the next level. And also learn more about Michael and how he got into racing, what the season's been like, what his his uh, plan and approach to being as, as successful as he is at the racetrack. So definitely looking forward to it. Before we get to the podcast, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is uh, DMAX Store. We had chatted with them earlier in the year, did an episode on LB7s to L5Ps, and different challenges that each model can have for common failures and then ways to fix them. So if you own a Duramax and maybe you just picked one up, maybe you're, you're the original owner, but you want to make sure that it stays running as best as it can, maybe do some upgrades, head on over to dmaxstore.com, check out what they have. If you have questions about your build or maintenance plan, they love to talk Duramax trucks, so definitely make sure and send them an email, give them a call. They'd love to hear from you. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Johnny from Stainless Diesel, also Michael Cordova, talking about racing turbos and everything in between. Johnny and Michael, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. Looking forward to chatting with both of you. Um, guys, Johnny, I always enjoy our chats about turbochargers racing. Michael, it's your first time on the Diesel Podcast. I've been seeing some crazy things you're doing out there, so I look forward to learning more about you, the car, um, the racing, your history in it, your goals for the future. So definitely look forward to chatting with you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us on, buddy. Yeah, Johnny, I want to start with you a little bit and see what's new. I, I know you've been out there racing. I've seen some really cool videos and pictures and things you're doing, but what's new since we chatted last? Uh, just uh, playing with that crazy blue hot rod. You know, I've been to a bunch of good races this year, um, battling uh, the elements, you know, a lot of the races, uh, 140 some degree track temperatures, which makes it really uh, interesting and uh, just having a good time living life. Very cool. And Michael, I've been seeing a lot of you over the years and then recently some crazy things you've been doing um i, I think i saw it shy you and maddie graves were kind of going back and forth with some racing stuff and yeah. <laughs> it's really cool so tell me a bit about your, your like your background in racing and, and diesel performance and how it all started and how it's evolved to where you're at today uh it started it's actually started with sled pulling like um many many moons ago probably like 2007 2008 and then it turned into uh, like racing to sled pulling. And then that turned into going to the drag strip. And then we just never left after that. I think the first like big 
uh, like name kind of race that I was involved in was more um, the Bradenton stuff, uh, the two six race that that they started in what 2011, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I raced, I raced both years of that 2011, 2012. Uh, and then that's kind of when I got hooked. It went from like daily driver to race car, roll cage, all that stuff. And then as like the pro street days kind of evolved and you want to go faster and faster and faster. And honestly, you just, you see like shides dragster every year and you're like, I want to, I want to be that fast. So, uh, that evolved into my first dragster, which was, uh, a Duramax dragster. It was like a 235 inch dragster. Uh, that was like 2015. And then, um, eventually like a couple years went by. I forget how, how long that was. Maybe, maybe two or three years went by. And then I bought the dragster that I have now and it's a Cummins powered dragster. And then I've just had a, a roller coaster ride with it. So been really into it and then kind of gave it a break and then, uh, got really into it, uh, last kind of like the middle to end of last season and then been hitting it super, super hard this year. So that's been, that's, that's the quick version, I guess. <laughs> What's been the yeah. challenge? What was the challenges of switching from a Duramax to Cummins and then having those kind of highs and lows with it what's been the most challenging part of that um man i've always been a cummins guy but i've always been a chevy guy and like you couldn't ever buy like one vehicle that did both of those so that was kind of like always like the the hold up for me like uh, i started with like a suburban and i had to put a 12 valve in it like i just couldn't get to the to the dodge chrysler like platform that was kind of like the hard the hard part for me uh once i got over that it was a lot easier like you didn't have to swap one in you could just buy a truck and and start playing with it um uh i don't know i i think i don't i don't necessarily think there's like a necessarily like hard part i would say it was probably more hard for me to go from playing with cummins to starting to play with duramaxes than it was the other like this last switch i would say that that was probably harder than it is playing with the cummins stuff so everybody i'm around is a is more of a cummins person than a duramax person so that's <laughs> that's probably a short answer I, yep oh, there's a lot to that i mean dur the duramaxes are very impressive the last couple of years mm -hmm. i'll tell you what man it's hard to beat a cummins engine um as far as like throwing power at it and making it respond from from your perspective johnny when you get racers and and people all over the country that are contacting you guys and the level that they want to be at what kind of challenges do you have with turbos and setting them up right which i know turbo is going to be a main thing that we chat about today <laughs> but what uh what challenges do you have on your end and the biggest thing i mean just in general talking about the different platforms like even the fords you know like the ford 60s and 67s and and then move into the Cummins base platforms. The Duramax, I can put the same, I can essentially put the same turbo on a Duramax that I can put on a Cummins, say performance wise. What we typically would find is a Duramax wants a different exhaust housing size. You know, typically, and it's just, you know, two more cylinders, a little better flown cylinder heads in general. Um, but then, uh, you know, the Ford stuff, 
and it's so weird. The Fords want back pressure to a certain extent to make them happy, at least in the 6.0 range. Um, just you know, there's so many differences. You can essentially put the same turbo on all the platforms, but they all act differently. So we tweak them slightly uh, to every platform. How did how did you guys get to working together and connect and you know on the racing side? How did that all start? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've seen Michael around for years and years. You know, obviously back in the the early days, and uh, we kind of you know met and started talking and you know like like minds talking about hot rods and diesel stuff and um and that's kind of how we met. But, I think uh, it's the, the 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 oddball, the weird stuff. Uh, like yep. I could always I could always run these weird, random ideas across Johnny who'd actually listen, where everybody else is like, "You're out of your mind." Like uh, we've we've come up with like some um, some true like twin turbo stuff uh, on a Cummins, like with like two two of his manifolds, two of his turbos, stuff like that. Trying to make some of that stuff work. Um, I think that's just, that's just Johnny in a nutshell. Just try the stuff that nobody else will kind of. That's a really interesting point because I think the level you guys are at, how fast you're going, it's almost uncharted territory. So do you have to think outside the box from both of your perspectives? So Johnny, you as a manufacturer, you're designing setups, talking with these racers. And then you, Michael, you're trying to find something that'll differentiate your vehicle, your race car versus everyone else. Is that a major part of this? I like that that concept to be different. I like that different angle on things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I think you, I think you almost have to be different. Like when you follow people's footsteps, you're just going to be about what they are, you know? So you, you have to, you have to try the new stuff, the different stuff. You have to be willing to, to take those steps to, to go faster or go further or go make more horsepower, whatever you're trying to do. So there was a conversation I, I was, I don't know if it was on YouTube. It wasn't even related to trucks, but it was something <clears throat> where they were talking about having to make these very small changes because you reach a certain level with power, performance, torque, whatever sort of object we're talking about. And you just have to barely have to make these small improvements because the technology is advancing so fast. So Johnny, when somebody's powering a vehicle like Michael has, or like you have, or any of the other people you work with, how do you, find or stretch out the capabilities in those small details it's going to separate you know tenths or hundreds thousands of a second going down a track and you would be surprised what you can do by just pushing power out a tenth of a second um, and how critical it is when you get to a certain level of power management so these things you know uh, 3,000 horsepower capable uh, but you can't give it all to it at once so you're trying to finesse this thing uh, down the track and then uh, it's it's amazing what you can get, how much you can gain by moving power around just one or two tenths in a different spot, and you know a shift point or nitrous, you know, coming in sooner or later, you know, to help you get through a a rough area. Um, where Michael and uh, Maddie in the the last race there at Shide, uh, Maddie got a little wild, a little rowdy, mm-hmm. um, little sideways up on two wheels, kind of for a dragster. Well, that was something, but that's, yeah. that's power management. How do you slip that lockup clutch in or how do you bring on that fourth stage of nitrous uh, smoothly at the right spot? You know, it's, 
gets tricky. Yeah. I think some of that too is it's easy to communicate uh, with Johnny with a lot of that stuff because we use the same uh, Motec stuff and uh, all from SNS, same fuel. Like it's just, it's, it's an easy, like same kind of, uh, kind of playing field, you know, like where when you start crossing some of that, it's like, well, how much fuel, how much nitrous, what times, and then depending on, depending on what en- engine management system you have, it's like, you know, it's like talking Spanish to English. Like it's, it's, it's easy for, it's easy for us to communicate all of that when, yeah. Hey, I have this many cubes in, I have this many, uh, you know, this pressure, this, anything at this time. So that's yeah. Another piece of the puzzle that makes it like just able to happen. That's the, the great thing about working with the SNS guys too, is like we went yeah. from the Bosch system to the, to the Motec. Uh, on the new build, you know, last year. And it was, it was a seamless transition for us um, being that we had our hands in, in the Bosch stuff early on, but, um, you know, being able to take that and just run with it. It's a great platform for SNS to work with for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm able to, I'm able to give Johnny the data there too, with turbos specifically. It's like, Hey, like what kind of boost, what are you leaving out? What kind of drive pressure, what kind of RPM? And when, before any of that stuff was around, it was like, it didn't blow up or it <laughs> did. And that's, that's really difficult. Like, right. Right. As, yeah, they, as we've, as we've learned the hard way, you know? Yeah. So, data is key for sure. Yep. That's a topic we've covered a lot in the past, Johnny. When we've talked about turbos, we've talked about the electronics, we've talked about business, being able to speak the same language. Um, I've chatted with tuners about it and, you know, putting together a, a truck or just anything everybody has to be on the same page. And so I think at the level you guys are at, that's just amplified times 10 or times 20, how important it is with the power, the safety, which we've covered Johnny, and then just how fast you guys are going. And I know beforehand we were chatting a little bit about this episode and you had a great idea for it, Johnny, with about this turbo setup. And I'm really curious it did Michael, did you go to Johnny and say, Hey, I need a different turbo setup or did it start with you, Johnny and say, Hey, I got this thing that I think is really going to work well on, on your car. How did it start? Well, we've been in it back and forth in touch with, with his entire build and just kind of, you know, just BS and back and forth and Hey, how's it going? You know? And it's kind of cool to have that, mm-hmm. um, that in the background, the stuff that people don't know. It's like, you know, when, when you're something breaks in half and you're, you're kicking yourself like, you know, dang it. I got a lot more time, a lot more money, a lot more effort into making this thing go faster. You know, and we kind of, we uh, push each other in a good way, you know, yep. come on, man, you can do it. You know, sleep's overrated. You know, you'll be okay. <laughs> take a nap later. You'll be all right. And it's like two o'clock in the morning and you still got three hours worth of work to do. And it's, it's that camaraderie that I really like in the drag racing side in the diesel world for sure. Um, yeah. But I've seen him making the header thing, and I thought that was pretty intriguing. Um, I really thought that it would work in a narrower power band, but it seems like it works really well. Um, and then uh, I just I wanted to see him run a little more turbo than he had, essentially, just based on the data that we had on our setup. And for you, Michael, how did... I, I imagine there's recipes and there's combinations that you get comfortable with, you get to know through experience of racing them when you're thinking of making a change with any component what goes through your mind is it just is a lot of nervousness is it asking a lot of questions what goes through changing something that's worked for you and it's something different to go a little faster and reach a new goal 
Uh, I would say my mind probably turns into like a tornado, uh, a lot of emotion of like, it's, is it, if it's, especially if it's working really well, like, you know, it's not broke, don't fix it, but we all want to go faster. We all want to make more power. So um, I think that just strictly comes down to who's in your corner, who's like, you're able to see data, uh, a lot of just conversation. So uh, I used to get kind of wrapped around the axle about like every single piece and part on my car. I used to not let anybody touch it. I used to just do everything on my own. And then it just seems like you get the right people uh, that like understand what you're doing and have even been there already. And it's like, hey, you can swap numbers, you can swap uh, information and it does get better. So like, usually it's like when you go into a change, as soon as the first pass or as soon as it does something well, that's when like the nerves start to settle and it's like, all right, we're, we're, we did the right thing. So uh, particularly like I've just had a lot of that great luck this year. So that's the, that's just the way it lined up this year. So what's really been exciting to watch from the outside looking in is I think back over a 10 or 15 year span. And I think of how things, somebody pushed the envelope with something, whether it was, it's kind of like those daily driver race trucks we talked about and then oh, started yeah. to get into the cars and started <laughs> these other things. And just watching it on the outside, sometimes it wouldn't be successful the first time they went out or the first three times they went out. And then there's this huge jump. And I think that's really at the cornerstone of what you guys are doing is there's that risk and then a new level's reached and then there's going to be another risk that you take. And we just get to sit back and enjoy it and watch it as enthusiasts see how fast <laughs> you guys are going. But I know that there's, yep. an, there's an emotional aspect to it. Oh, yeah. And a lot of different emotions, you know, that uh, they go through, but it translates to everything. Like, it's not just racing that we're talking about with this particular part. It's business. It's personal development. It's all these things where you have to take that risk to get the reward. <laughs> and it can be so hard, especially if you have a, some success with what you're doing. And you think, hey, what if I just destroy this whole thing? I change this part. I change this thing that I'm oh, doing yeah. and, it, and it all falls oh, yeah. apart on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, it was like nobody made certain parts and it was so difficult to use the parts that you did have available because, you know, something would break or, you know, you tried a bunch of stuff and everybody kind of networked back then, you know, talk, talking like 12, 15 years ago. Um, you know, there were some things that just don't ex didn't exist and people just had to invent and make things work. And uh, those days were the wild, wild west of diesel for sure. Oh, yeah. um, but now it's like. I mean, there's a there's a, a great combination. You know, you can get get some hot shot secrets oil in there. You can get, um, you know, your SNS fueled and with your ECM and your injectors and your pumps. And it's like there's so much data. You know, you can get, you can get a stainless diesel GT55 and just go fast. You know, with all the stuff available right now. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about, Johnny. Is the GT55? I've never really gone in depth on Garrett turbos, but I mean, walk me through this particular one and the design of it, the goal for it, what, like just the vision you had with being able to offer this. So the, the neat thing about it is the Garrett platform is very robust, really strong and a great place to start. And I mean, the, everybody watching the street outlaws, you know, um, and the fastest uh, pro mod, you know, hot rods on the planet, they run that big Garrett based platform. Uh, so it's just a proven concept that just works well on the in the gas world. So we had been playing with it on the Pro Street truck uh, for many years, and then 
I was doing some little tweaks and lots of testing, uh, making some one-off compressor wheels to, to basically um, tune the shaft speed to be where I would like it to be when we're applying nitrous, because you know we're doing lots of nitrous on the diesel side um, and we wanna keep shaft speed under control. So I spent uh, a good probably year and a half to two years on one size compressor wheel on the Pro Street truck, just to just to fine tune the shaft speed to where I wanted it to be, and then that all that data that it took me to learn, I knew exactly what I was going to do on the car when we came out, um, and that just kind of snowballed from there. But it's a it's a true uh, ball bearing system. Uh, they take a tremendous amount of abuse, um, and you can get away with a lot uh, of power out of these things. So um, the the new turbine wheel stuff we're playing with is like a nine blade turbine. So we do that on our Duramax uh, base turbos, um, which is a like a Garrett, uh, basically a 37 GT 37 base platform. Um, and then we modify some things from there. But um, the nine blade turbine has a lot of potential as far as low drive pressure. It's a lighter turbine wheel and it's got some unique uh, exhaust tone that comes out of it, <laughs> especially on the VGT. But uh, the the bigger Garrett stuff, um, the G57 is essentially uh, the, the next level over the 55. So a bigger turbine wheel yet um, with much more power potential, uh, less back pressure. So I, I foresee uh, 4,000 horsepower diesels coming very soon. That's that's so insane to think about. Like I remember two thousand. Well, I I'm kind of older a little bit, so I remember a thousand was a lot, right? <laughs> and then two thousand was out of this world, and now we're talking four. And man, it's just crazy to think about. Where did, as far as the the G fifty seven, like Johnny, did you, you know, get in contact with Michael? And say, hey, I think I got a charger. You're going to want to run on mm-hmm. on your car or did michael reach out to you and you guys were just chatting about stuff or how did it how did it come to be well i, I think basically through through michael's trials and tribulations this year and he's going really hard um uh you know he's, he's had some a couple little uh hurdles to overcome this year quite a bit of hurdles actually um and i just wanted to reach out to him and see hey man uh i want you i want you to try something to see how you like it i think it's going to do real well so, so what do you think, Michael, when uh, you got a stainless steel box in the mail and you got this new charger <laughs> there? <laughs> I was definitely excited. Um, and just to back up a little bit, though, like I had a um, before it before the, the car got like billet block and all that stuff. Like I had um, a 480 of Johnny's on the car and it was like, hey, I want to make more power hey, I want to do this and that. And that was kind of before Johnny got like heavily into the GT55s. And it was like, man, you put that GT55 on there, like it's going to make a, it's going to make a significant difference, like 150, 200 horsepower. And I was like, I don't see how that's possible, but uh, let's try it. And it, it's a hard, it's a hard avenue to go down because it's, it's quite a bit more money too. And you put it on there and like, again, like that first pass and you're like, Oh, okay. I, I like this thing. You know, it's pretty simple. And then, um, as Johnny developed into like, like knowing the GT55 stuff, like the back of his hand, and in it, in, in kind of in a way, it's getting outdated. Where it's like, uh, hey, put this, put this. Uh, there's a 98 on my car now, and he's like, hey, put this on there. 
The boost is going to be a little lower at the line. The shaft speed is going to be a little slower throughout the whole run. Uh, it might make a little bit more boost, but it's going to make another 200 to 300 horsepower. And I'm like, what? No, no way, you know? And like, it's spot on. It's just, it's, uh, it doesn't take as much nitrous to, to make the car do what it did. And it just, so inevitably it just goes faster, you know, and it's exactly it. It's like, well, I don't want to leave with less boost, but it picks up so much in the mid. You just kind of, you know, you li li like listen to, listen to the man, you know? So I'm excited. I, I think we're both excited, but I'm really excited to see the GP, the G57 stuff come out too. So yeah. the, that's, that's just the next step. So, yeah. And it all, and it all playing together. Like you guys have mentioned, the fueling, all the science that goes into the racing stuff. I imagine this just gives you guys more capability. Yep. Oh yeah, we've got we've got an in between turbine wheel. I guess I call it too. It's basically our G fifty seven turbine that's kind of an in between size from a GT fifty five or GTX fifty five base ten blade turbine. We've got one that's a little bigger than that one, but uh, a little smaller than the. The G57 turbine, so it's kind of an in-between, and uh, it's got a nine-blade turbine on it as, as well, where the, the standard GT is uh, ten-blade. So I'm excited for that one. We've got some great feedback, great data on that one so far as well. I've had a lot of listeners ask about turbine stuff, Johnny, and I wanted to ask you, I know this might veer a little bit out of the racing side, but they get confused because I think historically they look for the compressor wheel, the compressor wheel size, and there's like these recipes on old forums where you could find what to do mm -hmm. for what horsepower. Talk yep. to us a little bit about the turbine wheel, the turbine housing, how that factors into how well a turbo performs, whether we're talking like a tow truck or a street truck or at these incredible levels you guys are at. Well, it's it's definitely like the, the unsung hero of the turbo. Um, you need, with the diesel essentially, you have, lower flowing cylinder heads um uh, volumetric efficiency is not as good so you don't move as much air through that uh diesel as you would in our gas racing brothers for instance so a diesel would typically want a little more turbine wheel to help with turbine leverage at higher boost levels to keep things a little happier um so that's it's the sizing is pretty critical in all aspects whether it's a it's a, a like your VGT for a Duramax or Ford platform, as well as like your, your S400 stuff. At, and uh, with Duramaxes, you can get away with different turbine wheel sizes um, with this with a given compressor where a Cummins just wouldn't like that. Um, so they're different animals for sure, but turbine's super important. Sizing's very important. I think that's where the testing you guys have both talked about factors into it. So when you guys have a turbo for any application, Johnny, you guys have done the testing for it. You have the data, the feedback, and all the different variables that exist. So you know the sizing and the recipes are going to work for the application. Um, like when Michael was talking about gaining 100, 200 horsepower, and that's you think of that difference, it's just like, that's incredible. you know. And then we take our street trucks, and if you pick up power with them and quicker response, it's just, I think that's where diesel performance is taking a huge leap forward with the turbo stuff, and it's, it's just really exciting as an enthusiast to be able to see what you guys are doing at the track, what you're offering for street trucks, um, daily drivers. It's almost like the golden age of diesel performance in some ways. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Heck yeah. I think Michael, like uh, watching him break the uh, the ODSS record was crazy you know, just a couple weeks ago there at Shy Diesel down at Wagler Motorsports Park. And that was just, it was awesome to see, um, you know, that 397, right, Michael? Yep. 397, 189. That's getting it on. Like, that's really getting it on. For most people, like, you just don't understand how fast that is. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. What was that run like, Michael? What was the, the, the atmosphere you know, leading up to it, doing it? What what kind of emotions, thoughts did you have? Uh, same same emotions. They're everywhere. Uh, like here, it was a hot day. It was just uh, a lot of people around just like giving you, this is it, this is it. Um, uh, the pass itself was... Honestly, it was like the smooth ones are the fast ones, and it was so smooth, it honestly didn't feel uh, like it was a three-second pass. Like, we made a 405 pass the day before, and that one got a little out of the groove, and the tires spun a little bit here and there, and that felt faster. Um, But, like they say, the smooth ones are faster, so like... The G's are the same. The, the The pulling of it's the same. It's just uh, I have a problem with uh, my vision getting a little blurry towards the end of the track. And and we've been talking about my helmet rubbing on the roll cage or like the the structure around me. So there's there's a little bit of blurriness towards the end. But like other than that, uh, it feels good when when everybody comes honking the horn, yelling, chanting, and everything like that. So it feels really good when everybody, you know, the excitement part. So, <laughs> oh yeah, what's it like trying to? Well, I'm sure main goal is to keep it going, so to keep progressing. Yep. What What are some things that you think you can do, or that we should look out for when we're you know following your racing, seeing you on social media? What What are some longer term goals that you have? Uh, I, the goal this year was to go 200. Um, I don't know if there's enough time for that or not. Um, but the mile an hour is just a personal goal. It doesn't really like we race ET, not mile an hour. Um, but, uh, that was a goal. And then really, I think it's just now that like the, the go threes is kind of like off your back a little bit. I'd like to do it a couple more times, but I'd like to just start making everything like you have your, you have your graph and you just start bringing everything in sooner. So like, it's just work on 60 foots and the first, the first part of the track is, is going to be my hardest and most important. And that's where, that's where I'm going to push or, you know, going to work on the most that's what i'm going to work on most is that is that first part of the track so something i'm really curious about is i think of say with your cars you have the mechanical aspect to it you have the combination of parts you have how it's set up but then you also have your your reactions your there's that variable the human side of it yeah how do you practice 
that or get better at it because I think, you know, for me, I have no idea what it's like to go that fast. And even when sure. I drag raced, it, it varied all over the time, but how do you, how do you get better at that side of it? Practice, do it more. Yeah. Uh, yeah see yep. time. Go, go, go. Yep. yep. Uh, I think that's like what Johnny was saying earlier about we push each other. Um, Hey, I went testing or I found out Johnny went testing. Oh, oh shit. I, I gotta go too. Like, I wish I was there. Like it, it, it kind of pushes you a little bit there. And then, uh, on the, the goofy side of it is, is like they make an app for about anything. And I play on my little Christmas tree app and work on that as much as I can and sit in the car and make car noises when, when you're not racing and just be around it, live it, do it, you know, surround yourself with the people that, that do it all the time. You're just thinking about it, you know? So that's a side of it. We don't see as enthusiasts. We just see you guys go out there, run this time, set a mm-hmm. record. We have no concept of what you put in outside of that. And yeah. I saw something I'm really into sports and it was something about Kobe Bryant. And I think it was way back when, and he would get up at like three in the morning, he'd be at the gym at four. So by the time the rest of the guys rolled in, he had already practiced once or twice. And he was talking about how he could progress. Maybe he didn't have the talent of everyone around him, but he was better because he would get in two practices for their one. And so that's why I was really curious on the racing side, because it is a sport. It's very challenging. There's a science to it, how you guys would do it. Yeah consistency consistency and just doing it a lot so yeah the more you do it the more lessons you learn good and bad and then just makes you that much better and then uh once you learn a hard lesson you'll never forget it i guarantee it it just helps you be better the next time um whether it's you know going to staging too deep and going red or if you're index racing you know you're way out in front of the guy and maybe i should have lifted oh no i broke out so like all of that over the years just kind of drives you to be better. I remember you'd mentioned that Johnny on one of our other chats where we were talking about getting people into racing and doing the ET stuff and how you guys would take time and show somebody who's new, you know, kind of show them the ropes a little bit and then they start to get hooked on it, which is really the future is getting people interested, wanting to do this yeah. and bringing more people into the fold. So it's, it's so cool to kind of hear these other stories that we don't, normally get to know or i would never know how much time and effort and practice you guys put in and that's uh that's something that's real exciting about it it's uh it's definitely fun to do um I, when we're at the racetrack it's like a lot of guys are i mean essentially we're kind of immersed in what we're trying to do turn the car around and cool things off and check the data make sure your tires are tight and you know, fill it up with with uh water injection fill up your, your diesel fuel. Don't forget something like one little mistake and your run is done. But a lot of guys uh, don't want to approach you to ask questions, but definitely catch us when it's the right time. And I like, I like how uh, at UCC every year, last few years, for sure. uh, LeVon, um, he he puts it out there like, Hey, you know, if you guys need to have questions, you want to, you want somebody to help talk your way through the very first time you're going down the track. So let us know. So he'll, like I, I'll partner up with them and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. If you got a couple guys that need some mentor, need some questions, I'll show them a couple tips and tricks. So I like doing that. That's really cool. Cause I think that that's one of the most intimidating things I remember 
about going to the track for the first time, I didn't really know what to do and I didn't really know who to ask. And I'd put all these parts on my truck and I'm like, what do I do if this happens? And I think if I would have had that resource or there would have been that at that time, a lot more people would have jumped out there and it doesn't matter how fast you go when you're just learning. It's just, that's how you get hooked. And I can see the, the adrenaline and everything that would happen during that. And I'm like, Oh man, this is, here's another hobby I'm going to get into. That's (laughs) going to be expensive and take up a lot of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have a question for you, Johnny, that uh, some listeners had asked us, and you're the perfect guy to answer this, is they say, hey, I know I need a new turbo, but what are some other things that I should think about doing while I'm in there? I know the common stuff is a little bit simpler versus going in and doing a Duramax or Power Stroke Turbo, but what are some things you would advise somebody to think about doing while they're doing that, whether it's like with the oil feed system, the drain tube, gaskets, other advice you'd give them? Oh yeah. And then, I mean, and you know how it goes, you know, it might be a guy with a work truck and, you know, uh, in a Cummins, for instance, like I've seen him go on average, probably 120, 110 up to maybe 150 before they need a turbo. But, you know, just talking to guys uh, just a couple of weeks ago, some, I talked to a gentleman, he's 400,000 on a uh, stock Cummins turbo. Wow. I never had to change it. <laughs> finally went out. So, and I've seen guys, they go out at 60, 70,000 miles. So it's, but in general, that mid, probably 150 to maybe 110, 120. That's where you see, or where we're, we're seeing like a cluster of data, so to speak, <laughs> to, to kind of tell us, you know, uh, that's what we're seeing more of. But if you're going to change one and it's always like, oh man, my truck's down and I got to do this and I got to get it back on the road. And we totally get that. And we'll try to help uh, do that fast as possible. But like, don't overlook the the little things. And, and, and I guess what I mean by that, you know, uh, we, we'll send a turbo with gasket set. So that's pretty straightforward, but um, the, the, the V-band clamps get old and rusty and they'll go to take it off and might break it. And of course it's 11 o'clock at night and you got to be at work at tomorrow morning. So it's, that's the the thing to think about is maybe, um, you know, make sure your old rusty oil feed line, maybe buy an oil feed line when you do the new turbo as well. Um, and maybe a, a V-band clamp or two um, for the exhaust connection point. And that's a, it's a big thing that we see the trucks, you know, they're going so many miles and they're, they're in the Northern part of the country. Anyway, uh, they get some salt and calcium all over them and, uh, the clamps, uh, they take a beating too. So. And that's something, if somebody calls you guys and they're, you know, getting a turbo, they could say, Hey, do you guys also have these V bands and these other parts? So they can get everything they need all in the, all in the kit. Oh yeah. Yep. We have all the, all your normal V-band clamp stuff uh, for all, most of the turbo connection stuff that we deal with for sure. Um, that makes your life easier. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I think of friends I've had that have like nightmare stuff that's going on, it's always that clamp or that gasket thing. And it's just like you mentioned, it's 11 o'clock at night and I got to be somewhere in six or seven oh, yeah. hours. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of the curiosity in that particular question came from. Let's just, what else should I think about doing that? Does it change a lot on Duramax and power strokes, things that they should look for when they're doing a turbo change? Uh, essentially the same, but some of those, uh, you know, like some of the Ford stuff, you know, they've got, instead of like a V band connection point to the up pipes, you know, you've got three bolts on each side, you know, so that's something where um, sometimes it takes some finesse to get those out. Uh, and, uh, you know, you like a really high temp uh, anti-seize is really nice to kind of put that stuff back together with. That way, if any servicing down the road ever needs to happen, um, makes it a little bit easier. 
people love when we chat, Johnny, and I ask you this question of what's coming up because they get excited about what's going to hit the market for truck upgrades. What are some <laughs> things they should keep their eye out for for some new turbos for their trucks? Well, we definitely have some new uh, we have some new things in the works for sure. Um, I think the ones that we're still kind of holding off on a little bit for release is uh, our 20 plus six, seven uh, Ford power stroke stuff. So we're still beta testing that uh, we've got 10 plus units out there uh, doing really well, just gathering data. Essentially. I want to get to a certain data point where we can be uh, comfortable with what we see and don't have to make any tweaks. And then uh, we're going to let them fly. So that's, I'm pretty excited for that. Um, our G57 stuff is live on the website as well. So we've G, G55 as well. Um, we did a lightweight center section. So from your regular GT55s, GTX stuff, um, we're trying to make them lighter for racing. Uh, it's, it's a good portion of it. And we've done some augmented oil channeling and some things that we prefer um, inside of our cartridges. So from a GT55 to our uh, normal full billet center section, you've got about a 10 pound weight loss there. And for racing, wow. that's uh, quite helpful. That's awesome. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, Michael, I wanted to ask you, cause I, I love watching, I love seeing behind the scenes stuff. I love knowing the journey of a racer or a company or it's things I love doing chatting with Johnny is to get to learn more about stainless diesel and yeah. his focus on stuff. And where can people follow you? Where can they see what you're doing? Um, know where you're going to be next, be able to follow you and check out your, your racing journey. Um, I'm really, I really slack on my Instagram, but if I'm going to put something up, it's going to be on my Instagram. Uh, I, I work with Craig Albrella. Uh, he's obviously big on YouTube. Um, that's hit and miss there too. Cause sometimes it's just after the fact. Um, but those are the two places to find me. Um, I just need to get better at the, uh, at making sure people know, people know where we're going. So I'm sure it's hard with all the pressures that you have and the time constraints and getting things ready for racing. And at mm -hmm. this level that you're at, it's hard to think, well, let me stop what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, bring yeah, out a camera I mean, and put it on YouTube or Instagram. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing for, you know, your typical, whatever project it's, it's okay. It takes an hour and you're like, well, we're going to film it and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then it's like, well, we have to redo that to film it this way and that way. And then next thing you know, an hour job turns into three real easy and you're like oh wow well the, the day is slipping by you know it's it's everybody's problem is time right so it's there's a lot of that and then um um yeah just you have to do it this day and age i think you have to so yeah i think a lot of people that's how we consume in, information it's how we start to build a passion is somebody could be watching you know a video late one night or on a weekend they see what you're doing and they start to get engrossed in your story yep. or what you're doing and then that person eventually turns into an enthusiast they're eventually upgrading their truck or they're getting into racing and it's such a huge part of the modern culture and then how, yeah. we, how we reach people yeah it really is the the coolest thing i've ever been involved with um a gentleman reached reach out to me on Instagram, just hit me in messenger. I don't know him. He, he follows me and he said, I want to get into it. How do I get into it? And I just told him to jump in wherever, like find, go to the track or go to wherever you like to go and find somebody that you want to help. Just start helping them. Like be nice. Everybody needs help out there. Just be helpful. You know, 
uh, I guess he did that. And then he started, um, he started working on uh, going to school for it. So then fast forward a year or a little over a year. And then he got into a NASA program uh, in engineering and NASA and is going, going places. So wow. just because he felt like jumping in, you know? So like, to me, that's where it like, like that's the cool part of, of what we do is the is seeing other people's journeys and seeing all that. And it's just, uh, it's heartwarming, you know? So I'm glad you brought that up. And that's what I love about doing podcasts is I can kind of go on tangents a little bit when, yeah. when, when you guys talk about stuff, but I've met people over the years that they're interested in racing, they're interested in diesel trucks, and they think they have to buy the truck first, and they think they need to have all this money saved up to do, to buy the engine, the, the built engine, and the turbos, and the ejectors, and the tuning, and they get intimidated by the cost of it, or it might not just be in the cards at that time. Yep. Can you talk a little bit more about how you can participate in it, find out where you fit in, find out if it's something you really like without having to go buy you know, a thirty, forty thousand dollar truck, spend thirty, fifty thousand on parts, do all these things to find out maybe you don't like it, maybe you like another aspect of it. And I, I think where that like the Pink Panther drag truck, that kind of like comes to mind because you see a lot of rolling chassis, like whether it's a Mustang or an S10 truck, you know, and you can essentially put a stock diesel in one of those platforms and build a heck of a, a race rig for uh much less than it would take to build a full-on, you know, uh, top-end dragster or a pro mod for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, what you would mentioned uh, as well, Michael, is just telling that, that particular person the message is go find somebody to help. Go be around it. See if yep. the, the passion catches you. Don't, you know, be intimidated by it and then see where you fit in that particular story you told. And that's really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just really cool to be around that stuff. I think the... Um, I think for me through the years of some of that is just like, uh, Hey, I want to do this and I can't afford it. So figure it out yourself. And that's where, when I was talking about, sorry, there's a fly over here. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's just a time of like, um, Hey, do it yourself. Cause you can't do it. Uh, or you can't afford to pay somebody to do it. You figure it out, you learn it, you get involved. And then that's kind of where I got tunnel vision of like, Hey, I'm going to do everything and I'm going to wrap myself around the axle of, of, of every single little piece and part. And then that's when it, it, it kind of expands out a little bit, you know? So, uh, yeah. like with, with Johnny and turbos, S and S and fuel freedom and engine, I mean, it's just every, everybody involved, you know? So. Yeah. To, to race at this level, man, it takes a big team of top notch companies to kind of, to work with for sure from, from every component, every yeah. level. Um, yep. And then back in the day, you know, we were taking the stock trucks and trying to ET bracket them. Like I thought I just got a kick out of that because you didn't have to, you know, have a built truck to go race. And you still, you still don't, you can take like your tow rig. And I've watched, I don't know. A lot what, of tow take, rigs. A lot of tow rigs. Take money <laughs> yeah. home. Like you wouldn't believe it. Yep. And it just comes that, you know, comes back to that seat time and that, that just get in and, and do it, you know, jump in with both feet and do it. And it doesn't have to be, uh, hot rod right at once. And I, I'd actually recommend guys just to go ET bracket first and learn, you know, get, get a grip on how to do it. 
that was the very first thing that ever got me interested in diesel trucks and diesel performance was the idea that I could have a truck that I daily drove, but I could go to the track and race it and have fun and then drive it home. And I could also tow something with it, put stuff in the bed. It was kind of like this do-all vehicle. And that's how my whole passion for it started. And I think a lot of people, that's, that's kind of what we want. Um, but there can be so much pressure in social media and different places where we think, well, we can't step out there unless our truck's in the 10s right away or the 9s or we're building this purpose-built yeah. vehicle. But there's right. a lot of fun yeah. to have before that. Yep. yep, yep. That's where it started for me, too. I like it. You could buy one vehicle and do everything with it. I sled pulled, I drag raced, I drove it every day. Like It didn't do any yeah. of them great but i had a ball doing it all you know oh yeah my my gas guys uh because I, I you know had a lot of gas drag, drag racing buddies and raced my chevelle at bracket racing you know for years and years and when i started racing diesel they said what are you doing i'm like man this this four-wheel drive truck is like having a four-wheel drive corvette that i can plow snow with and still go fast <laughs> <laughs> so that was my my analogy i loved it so <laughs> that, that's really it. That, that's really the, the cornerstone of it. It was really cool to chat with you guys. Michael, I really appreciate your time getting to learn your story. I've seen you racing for years. I've seen the stuff you've done recently, but it's really cool to put together some of the background, the history, and the focus that you have. And I uh, definitely encourage people to follow you. Um, yeah, absolutely. See, see your journey, what you're doing. Johnny, it's always great to chat with you. You're, this wealth of turbo racing knowledge. Love your approach to everything, and I appreciate you answering that question the listener had. And I'm, I know when it comes to turbos, it's like one of the one of the parts of a truck where there's so many questions people have. If I didn't ask you something about a particular setup, Johnny, and they need to reach out to you, what's what are the good ways for people to be able to contact you guys? Either call in, you know, email, um, you know, sure. find you guys on social media. Heck yeah, yeah. The best way to reach out definitely is uh, just email sales at stainlessdiesel.com. And as a course, you can call the shop anytime. It's just, uh, you know, we've got all of the uh, social medias, you know, the TikToks and the YouTubes and all that. But, man, just shoot us an email. Uh, give me your contact info. Give me a, a crazy question and I'll get back with you. It was, it was fantastic chat with you guys. Had a lot of fun on this one. Mm -hmm. um, good luck the rest of the season, Michael. Look forward to seeing how you do and then following you next year. And look forward to doing this again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for having us on. Don't forget, diesel fans, if you own a Duramax, whether it's LB7, LLY, LBZ, LMM, LML, L5P, and maybe you're, you're the original owner, it's got some miles on it, or maybe you just picked one up and you want to kind of start fresh with maintenance or you have some specific upgrades in mind, head on over to dmaxstore.com. Check out what they have. They've got a complete lineup of products for maintenance, daily drivers, towing, and they love to talk Duramax trucks. So if you have questions about what you should do, um, different part combinations, definitely make sure and give them a call or send them an email. They'd love to hear from you. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen, a 23 diesel, J Cole, John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate your support here in year seven of the diesel podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2023 until next time. Keep the shiny side up.